Oh, oh, one more thing. John Morris. On this episode, we'll be discussing Grand Deceptions, originally broadcast on May 1st, 1989, directed by Sam Wanamaker, written by Cy Salkowitz, and starring Robert Foxworth, Andy Romano, Janet Ilber, Stephen Elliott, and of course, Peter Falk as Columbo. Each time we're joined by special guests, but this time we have two special guests, two returning Ooh. special guests, writers, Jennifer Wright and Daniel Kibblesmith. But before we bring them on, John, tell yes, me sir. once again about the different types of mud. I'll do what I can. Uh, in this episode, creepy think tank hustler and private militia overseer Frank Braley is soaking his philanthropic war hero boss for millions and sleeping with his young wife to boot when his pal and co-militia leader dude Keegan blackmails him into splitting the ill-gotten gains, Frank dresses up like a ninja, stabs Keegan, and leaves him lying face down over a squib set up for the militia's nighttime war games. Speaking of which, seriously, what kind of think tank maintains a fucking militia? Stuff like this is bound to happen. Frank's <laughs> alibi for the murder? Oh, he was setting up a miniature Civil War exhibit in his boss's private study the whole time, which is literally the least airtight alibi in the history of Columbo, but okay, let's roll with it. And with the help of the I Ching, an elderly Lieutenant Columbo <laughs> makes hay of the killer's philanthropic pretense and almost ruins a marriage along the way. On the plus side, there's a really cute scene with Doc. That's all I got. Back to you, RJ. Thank you, John. My uh, pleasure. Uh, Jennifer, Daniel, welcome back. And I gotta say, I don't want to embarrass you folks, but since the last time you were on, there's been some big news, big development in your lives. Um, that's true. That's right. Uh, we've elected a new president. Wait, no, that, I'm on the wrong page of my notes. I'm sorry. I got get that wrong. No, it's like you folks. Why was that in your notes? I don't know. It's, it's, it's on every single page of paper I write these days, <laughs> to tell you the truth. That's, don't forget. That's why I'm drinking so much scotch these days. Yeah. Um, no, but you guys, congratulations, kids. You've got engaged. So. Oh, yeah, we're, we're pretty excited. We are that's, off here. That's great. I'm sure it's going to be a Columbo-themed wedding. Which might confuse uh, the might confuse the younger uh, attendees, but I'm sure the <laughs> older relatives they'll be fine with it. So yeah, we, I, actually, it would not be the first uh, Columbo themed wedding that I am aware of. Uh, really? I have, what? Yep, I oh have God! A well, who sent out uh, their save for dates uh, said just one more thing. Oh, uh, nice! Oh, nice! Inspiration of of Columbo, of Peter Falk in costume. That's wonderful! Oh my goodness gracious! Uh, well, thank you for coming back uh, to the program. And um, uh, we were talking briefly uh, before we started recording. Um, this really, this was the first uh, late era Columbo uh, you two had ever seen. Yes, it was. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't watch it, up. Uh, I didn't watch it uh, when it was airing. I was, you know, I was aware of it from the from the commercials, but uh, we didn't start watching until Netflix. Oh, so okay. I, think any of these around there no they were not on there at all uh they're being run i think now on a couple of uh uh cable and basic cable channels i think um hallmark movies and mysteries runs it i think uh cozy if you get that in your cable system they run it they've started as about, of yeah. january they've started running the later ones but yeah they are not super easily uh, available for a long time okay That's well like, and that feels like it's for the best i apologize yeah. then that this was the first one of these you saw. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. 
This is this is a rough chuckler of a Columbo to be yeah, sure. Yeah, it was it was a thing. Um, because the title alone, Grand Deceptions, you think it's going to be like this, oh, kind of fancy thing, but then it's just full of just uh really cheap uh chiseling and griffs and cons and right. Yeah. Like, is that a military <laughs> term? Like, is that a pun that I'm not getting? Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. It's a strange. It's a strange, sad, small one. So, where, where do we where do we start, everybody? It seems like they were running the worst think tank in the world, right? Yes! Like, their think tank was mostly just them doing the I Ching in one room. Well, I've got... Here, Wait, I've it got... seems like a bad way to solve America's problems. Well, I'll tell you right no, now. No, no, the, I'm sorry, go the ahead. Heritage, the Heritage Foundation does tarot, I'll have you know. Really? Well, they do. Okay. No, they don't. Not at all. Not yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you, uh, Hills, Hillsdale College, they are in Michigan. I think they've got an entire class that just uh, works with uh, the game Clue mm-hmm. to try to uh, figure out there's, what the next generation about, of conservative thought will be. So I know a about, Davos, every hotel room has a magic eight ball on the nightstand. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and CPAC, of... at CPAC, they've always got a magic uh, tournament going at CPAC. Every At year. CPAC, they have they have a horror specs who cuts open goats and reads the entrails. <laughs> I believe that's I think yes. that's Pam Geller who does it. In fact, so. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's our political yeah. humor. Yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, the name of the organization that's at the center of this is the First Foundation for American Thought. And I'm looking at a sheet of paper right now where I had been taking notes on this, and uh, and uh, my wife my wife Laura, uh, she had um, been uh, doing some work here too. And then my notes are out there, and uh, I have the name of the thing written out, and then she wrote in all caps, F FAT, exclamation mark, ha, <laughs> ha, ha. So I didn't realize that, but yes. Because it seems like they had the Foundation for American Thought, maybe the writers did, and then mm. thought like, oh, that just spells out fat. So they had yeah, first <laughs> to make it less like a joke. But it's yeah, still I was... kind of a joke. I was really hoping it would be the the American Republican thought, and it could just be fart. Yeah, but... right. Yeah, Wait, is this like a real Ghostbusters situation that there was a second foundation, <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, not okay, not a chance, <laughs> not on our watch. Well, that's a good place to start with this episode. Is just busting on it left yes. and right. Yeah, for sure. Um, I really do have a question about the militia because oh, it's, it's how, a sad thing. Yeah, it's yeah. First off, it's really depressing, especially to find out it's like a Trump University kind of deal, except for gun nuts. Yeah, because everybody everybody involved with it knows it's a ripoff. Everybody yeah. involved with it knows and openly admits to each other in a chuckling way that it's a con job just to just siphon money off of saps yeah. for their things to much... run guns wherever. Yeah. How much do you think it could possibly be bringing in to make it worthwhile for a foundation to keep it running? I don't know. People would pay a lot of money to play soldier in the woods for like a week or so. Well, Jennifer, you thought it was a cult Okay, and it would (laughs) be better if it was a cult. Oh, no, Um, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, it would have been less sad somehow. it was like um, a terrifying organization where, um, okay, the I Ching immediately makes me think of Man in the High Castle. So I assumed that this was like a little fascist group that was training soldiers to be loyal for their attempt to take over America. There's so I thought, wow, there's Columbus rip- really getting into some stuff now. Yeah, the stakes are really, really high. high now, and they were not. No, it's, it's a con. It's a con is all yeah. it is. Yeah, that's all it is. It's a con game. Like a scouts. Yeah. Yeah. 
God. It's a little yeah. also we the... got to meet with the Dalai Lama. Hmm? There's a phone call. Oh, yeah. He's going to go to Oh, right. He says, I need to see the Dalai Lama before I go to Tibet. That man doesn't really get to meet with the Dalai Lama, does he? I don't know. It's important to me that he's making that up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Big Dalai Lama is going. such a is such a tact that these people use. <laughs> like everybody desperately wants to impress him, uh, and I'm it just, works. Yeah. I'm baffled by I'm baffled by how the how uh, Braley runs the militia, but is also like a high ranking executive at the foundation. So his job is to spend a couple hours there rallying the troops and then go prepare financial reports. Yeah, no, he doesn't really he doesn't really run the militia. He's got that uh, <laughs> guy who ends up blackmailing him to do that. Yeah, he just he... shows up. Yeah, he just shows up as like this uh, big muckety muck at the end of the week, and that's it. <laughs> and then he goes off, puts a suit on, and then he's doing the real work of like soaking wealthy Republican right. donors <laughs> and doing arms deals. Whereas this poor this uh, poor bastard up in his cabin. Has to actually deal with the the idiots like uh, Mike from Seinfeld and Christopher Titus. Christopher <laughs> Titus. Yeah, that's right. Like uh, like the heavy set accountant guy, like staff sergeant, right? Friend's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. eventually gets smart, puts it together, and wants to dip his beak too, and then threatens a blackmail because he's got connections also, and then that's uh, what gets him uh, killed in a white chalk outlined. Thing in the middle of the woods it's outside of so Washington or something. I don't know. I mean, the I, the like the metaphor is apt. The the many types of mud, mud. discussion yes. is yeah. apt because that's what this episode is. It's just wading through these many types of mud. <laughs> like, wait, this place does what? And like, what's his job? Yeah, and, there's nothing like, grand. Like, it's just sad and cheap and <clears throat> petty. All of it. It's just strange. Yeah. You know, we, we, it's nice when Columbo got to make a friend with the old general, though. Yes. Like, yeah. They both liked setting up soldiers because Columbo so rarely gets to be friends with anyone who isn't a murderer. Right. So that was just a nice moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. All his friends are killers. Yeah, they are. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Just tremendous professional respect Spike for, for it. Yeah. yeah. Columbo is I, an expert I do... in all fields. <laughs> Whatever, and whatever a that... fan of like all these like trade magazines with these minor celebrities in them, like you're the one who made this cello. <laughs> now my wife says these are the finest cellos. I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. So you're you're implying he doesn't have a nerd uh, nephew who does the uh, Civil War reenactments on the weekends? I strongly believe that Columbo does not have a family. Uh, I think he just like sleeps in a locker at the police station and in a <laughs> locker. To help connect with people. That's what <laughs> ventriloquist dummies do. This is yeah. That's not what human cops do. <laughs> oh my god! What if what if Columbo's a possessed ventriloquist dummy? <laughs> so then oh, if no. he's like a pastry chef or something, you know, he just makes up like my second cousin twice removed is a huge <laughs> fan of pastry chefs, and he told me all this vital information about you. I'm really disappointed that Columbo isn't around these days because I would love to have him meet like. Uh, uh, some guy who's really into anime, and then Columbo has to talk about <laughs> this game. I got a nephew who's really into My Little Pony. He thinks the friendship <laughs> is magic. It's just like, <laughs> have you ever watched Naruto? I just this is kind of what I want from my Columbo. <laughs> and Columbo having to watch hours of anime to right. get into the mindset of the or killer. Gets, yeah. gets, in, gets into a fight with Chris Sims after he's killed someone yeah. about uh, <laughs> Pokemon. 
That's the longest episode. It of would Columbo still ever. somehow be on a 16 millimeter projector. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so, catch your breath, everybody. Yeah. Okay. There we go. We're at, uh, we're so at one of the foundation for American thoughts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we mentioned really early on that the I Ching plays an enormous role. Which, why in... would it? <laughs> oh my god! I mean, but I, I, in a way, I think I like it because it just underscores what a tenuous, sad con game this whole thing is, which I'd love to think that some sort of deeper uh, message the writer had about this sort of uh, avenue of uh, political thought about American thought about military and stuff like that, that it's all just based on this like whole stupid shifting sand, pathetic thing. But I, I don't know if it's that deep or not, but it's just, it's really sad that this entire well-funded think tank, uh, they got a, like about a dozen people in a room just shaking sticks of wood onto a yeah. table. And, and that's their laughs too. Yes. Like, like Columbus just chuckling at it. And yeah, yeah. It, it really like the the choices that they make are so specific that it feels like satire, but you yeah. can never like put your finger on what they're what they're uh, trying to comment on. Right. Like it's a, like a not quite Reagan era military industrial complex. Like there's like it's it's all just fog. Which I mean, maybe that's I mean, at 89, we were coming off of um of course, like the Iran-Contra stuff and everything. So maybe it's sort of that kind of deal, making a bit of comment on that. Um, but it just doesn't... Yeah, it's strange. It it's doesn't like, hold it's like, together. It's, like it's almost no there. It's almost yeah. there, but then it's, it's just... It's a big who is it for episode. Uh, yeah. There's, yeah, there's so, yeah. Much, there's so much Civil War reference in this that you feel like that's got to represent something but then no of course not no yeah no it's just it's that unfortunate thing where there's a bunch of middle-aged men who are really into the civil war and you have to listen to them talk about it right right like you this episode has like wannabe soldiers of fortune going to a military fantasy camp and then passionate discussion about like the heroism and strategy of the civil war with this celebrated famous general and when i say that out loud it feels like (laughs) but when you actually watch the episode it's like these two free-floating elements that have nothing to do right yes yeah yeah unless unless it's maybe maybe to show how uh, watered down and sad things were or things are at this time compared to back then like maybe that's what they were getting at, but it it just isn't made explicit enough to make you feel that. Yeah. 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 You can't be agnostic if you're going to have a metaphor. You've you've got to right. take a position, otherwise it just flounders. Yeah, and it doesn't really. Instead, you just got this mm-hmm. uh, uh, weird guy who never seems like he would have been some sort of. Um, I I don't know, like the lead fella like a. Uh, uh, Foxworth just doesn't ever strike me as some sort of forceful military type at all. Like, he seems like he was always no. the kind of guy who was some sort of uh, con guy throughout his entire career and then saw an angle and then just went for it. And then now he knows he's got, like, a, this nice kind of cushy uh, job and just keeps milking it for all it's worth. Maybe that's the thing, though. Right. Like, again, like if you pitched like a, if that was an HBO show about Blackwater or something, it would have so much to say. Yes. And they just never commit to anything. Yeah. Yeah. 
like you never get you never really get a a feel for it's as as the like the writers could have so easily given those guys uh the the murderer and the victim who's who's blackmailing him could have given those guys like they were in nam together and they have this like brotherly and they could have done that with a couple lines of dialogue and instead it's this very ambiguous relationship (laughs) right where that like sort of is implied that some of the people you're seeing served in the military but it doesn't seem to be informing say so yeah right Right. but i mean the thing is it was in this odd period because 89 they probably filmed it in 88 it was kind of just before uh the first gulf war happened so it was in this weird limbo period where there wasn't really anything for them to do, so they kind of had to go to this. Whereas if it happened within the episode a bit after that, maybe they could have had that kind of hook. But yeah, it was just kind of this weird sort of spongy period for military dudes. Like, yeah, well, we got to do these secret <laughs> secret wars around the world. Uh, we don't really have anything we're doing for real. Uh, I guess we'll go to the private sector, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you... I feel like this is a much this must have been a much bigger thing at the time. Like it, it invites you to believe that the like at the time everyone knew what these were. Well, I think I think it's about the I think it's kind of implying the Iran Contra thing or uh running weapons to like a Central America, that sort of thing. But these days it doesn't quite and it's hard to judge uh something made that long ago what you have now. But it just doesn't carry the same heft that it did back then. But then also, it still comes down to just uh, blackmail and people cheating on people and ripping off money, and that's all it is. Yeah, no, I thought one of the saddest things about it was all these, like, middle-aged accountants who are going away to soldier camp. Yes! They're not pretending that they're going to defend America. No. They're pretending that they're going to be soldiers of fortune in another country and make a lot of yeah. money. Well, it's not just uh, another country, because at one point... It's the British foundation of American thought! Right, but I mean, it's, it's not just... It's not just, another, it off the it's not just another country, though, because when Columbo is, like, interviewing the guys in the, uh, the, the dead fellow's uh, cabin there... Um, so, like, one of them says, like, oh, I'm training for this for when the stuff goes down, when they take over. Oh, so it's, right. yeah, so it's like kind a of a weird survivalist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, survivalist yeah. militia thing, which we still have today, which is great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I wrote down some dialogue that uh, I believe these lines were consecutive or near consecutive. Because mm-hmm. right. in addition to just the plot being like amazingly thin, yeah. uh, it's it's also just it's written in a really quirky way. But these lines, these lines, I believe, are all back to back. It's uh, I know when I'm being diddled. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Language, sir. That's that's my seventh grade RJ. Go like <laughs> <laughs> that's that's our, that's your explicit tag for this yeah. episode. Uh, the phrase "sexy computer system," right. and so, then like, I weird believe, the, yeah, and yeah, it comes to life. <laughs> Kelly LeBrock steps out of a pink fog, <laughs> and then uh, I believe it's the the assistant of the murderer says, "Here comes my squire toad." <laughs> I missed wow. that one. Oh my I goodness! Know, I don't know. I might have misheard that. I didn't look it up. You might be right. Who knows? Yeah. There, I got one. That, those are all uh, in like in a minute. <laughs> this this episode had some weird dialogue. I yeah. wrote down when the the colonel says, 
or the general says uh, uh, describes something as having as much heft as a shave tail, which is a military. <laughs> oh, I think it's I think. The... Yeah, I think I know what that is actually. Go go middle Midwest boy. What's a shave no? It's tail? Not, I think it's a military term. A shave tail is someone who's like a very low. In uh, rank, like maybe a private or whatever, is referred to as a shave tail, and so you have no authority whatsoever. I gotcha. think that's what that is. Yeah. I was really, I was really hoping. You'd it's it's from, it's from my time in the Marines. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I, no, I, I in the Michigan militia. Story. In the Michigan oh, militia geez. back then in the nineties. Hey, Sounds hello. like it's from like Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Something you that, got like, turned into sense. a shave tail. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to find anything in 1989. D- despite our recent criticism, I'm Googling while we record an episode. Right. Someone, someone uh, took issue with us Googling <laughs> during the show recently. Yeah, so. well, Thank you, sir, for uh, writing in about that. We appreciate our vi- fan mail. <laughs> I was, time. Uh, yes. <laughs> Sometimes things come up in the episode and we want to get info about it. So, exactly. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I was trying to find something relating to the Civil War that happened around 1989. Oh, wait. And did the best Ted I- Burns series come out then? No, no, that was in the that was in the nineties. Well, I'm so, sure. So, so a year later, maybe. Possibly, right? Yeah. But uh, the only thing I could really find uh, was um, the Time Life series of books on the Civil War had ended the year prior. Which they buy him in the in, the, in that whole collection in the whole collection of exclusive rare uh, Civil War books. It's a stack of those. It's a stack of the Time Life ones. So like uh, the the wife was like watching. Well, we gave him this book uh, signed, this book signed. Like, and then she sees the ad on TV for the Civil War <laughs> Time Life series. Oh, right. we have to get those for sure. Explicitly a set, and like the set is well known enough that Columbo knows that it's a complete yeah. set. Yeah. But there, it's not like an encyclopedia where they're all bound the same way. Right. It's just like it's a bunch of books. books. Yeah. yeah, it's a bunch of books and some tin, yeah. some tin, tin little like. Uh, figures and whatnot and they they end up sort of being the one more thing right because yeah let's talk you know what let's we'll skip around yeah, this, this is not, not worth this is not worth going in order this episode that <laughs> yeah. that to me that to me that that gotcha that just one more thing that uh, key clue this is one of the most shaky ones i've ever seen yeah. <laughs> going through 50 odd episodes of this damn podcast is that this, that's a little weird if someone wants to expand on that, please do, because I don't want to bother. So the opening oh. shot sets it up in hindsight, but not in a way that I understood while I was watching it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Uh, you okay. mentioned 50-plus, by the way. This is our 50th episode. Oh, hey, congratulations. Oh, congratulations. And, yeah. and, and this is the one we're doing it with. Great. Good for us. <laughs> That's some good planning from the start. That, that, seems, that seems perfect. Way to go, RJ and John. <laughs> Send it. It we didn't the, pick it. Send it to the Smithsonian. No, I picked this one. I said, like, oh, hang on, we didn't pick the order, but yeah. Oy. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll email this one off to the authorities to be preserved for the ages, uh, but yeah. So one of the other things, I, I, I want to find out if you guys had a problem with this, too. One of the things that was completely destroying this episode for me was the music was relentless. Yes. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. And they were cycling through the same five songs, yeah. which... I gave titles to. Oh, really? uh, oh, please do tell. So here we go. Uh, do 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 do. Uh, there's a song I'm I'm choosing to call Trumpety Trumpety Timpany. Okay. Because there's the only two instruments I could uh, understand. 
sultry this old man. Because <laughs> there was kind of like a sax version of this old man. Well, you know what? That, Amer- kind of fit, that fits with your uh, Columbo, the uh, sexy dad theory uh, of Columbo. Se- so, yes. Yeah. Uh, American Anthem with Oompa. <laughs> Which you might you if you watch the episode again, you will know. And God help you, you will <laughs> notice there's like a real kind of John Souza march, and then like an Italian kind of concertina sound happens, God. and then an umpa band, uh, and then a funeral for a dope, <laughs> and a, a song I could only describe as triumphant bum bum bums. All right. But there was literally one moment when I noticed the music stopping, and it was right before Columbo confronts uh, Brayley in his little apartment love nest. Oh, a private place for romantic meetings. And for a second, I'm like, oh, thank God, they finally figured out it works better without all the... And then all of a sudden, sultry, like, I think sultry this old man that turned into trumpety timpani. (laughs) Just and it, oh, so overwhelming. Yeah, they bled a lot because I noticed at times there was almost like a like a militaristic this old man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there yeah. were actually yeah, there was one pretty yeah. earlier on when you first see Columbo. I think it's a, like a march, the, the this old man march. And when you say first see Columbo, you mean about thirty minutes into the episode? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it is. It is a while. It is some time. Yes. I uh, one of the things I wrote down was that uh, this episode was so slow moving that I sarcastically quoted The Simpsons. When do they get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> and, then, and then when I said that, that was when they started setting off fireworks. And they're like, no, <laughs> nice. In their dumb graduation ceremony, where you go to the woods and watch sparklers go off. But the thing, the thing I love about that is it it is just all routine to them. Just taking the money off of these suckers. Like, they just do that every time. The fact that it is such a clockwork thing, where the murderer can definitely um, count on that happening again and again and again. I As I was watching it, I can usually... I like the... the part of the fun is, like, the cleverness of, of their schemes, but I can usually somewhat understand what's going on. <laughs> uh, right. And I just saw him like drag a guy into a white square. <laughs> yes. Right. After 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 was... stabbing his guts. Yeah. <laughs> right. It wasn't. It wasn't on the. It wasn't on the slier uh, side of Columbo. <laughs> no. They really had to guy, stab right? the hell out of him, then blow him up. It was pretty <laughs> blunt. It was pretty blunt as Columbo murders go. Like uh, it's like uh, Columbo versus Deadpool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know how like, some, sometimes on a Columbo they'll like really painstakingly show the the murder prep? This one would have been hilarious because it would have been him like shopping, calling J.C. Penney's to order a black sweater, <laughs> Go, going to the knife shop at the mall. There would be like nothing complicated about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And also, this seems like the most unnecessary murder. Yes. Like there are a lot of murders where I feel like they have they have a pretty good motive for killing someone. This seems like something that could have been handled by like a small bribe. Um, and yeah. The the thing that killed me is that like they kept mentioning that the entire chest had been excavated, which they had to do because it went that you know theoretically this was hiding the knife wound. But when they set off the mortars during the actual war game, they're fireworks. 
They're like, I guarantee you they drove down to Tijuana, bought some little, like, those little stand-up firework tubes, lit them, and Because the first foundation for American thought, they're not going to spend on real, actual explosives. They're looking to cut costs wherever they can. I mean, hell, those those I Ching sticks are probably uh, from the cheapest place in town. (laughs) You know, they probably went to Toys R Us and got some set, and they're using those, so yeah. Didn't they say something about them being really old and vintage in the yeah, show? I, well, I think I like think just, ivory. I think just his um, uh, Braley's in his office maybe are. But if mm. the stuff for uh, for office use, that's gonna be the cheapest you can imagine. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. got that at Toys R Us. Oh yeah, you oh, know, yeah. yeah, you get those at uh, you know Staples, like the future. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, and, and speaking of the uh, chest exhibition. They show the corpse face in this, which I don't think they do much often in Columbo. I can't remember another episode where you see someone who's been murdered and you see their gray scarred corpse. They did that yeah, this one, true. I thought, yeah. which was kind yeah. of it was a little gruesome. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, was that? A, I mean, was that maybe like again? I don't know if they're just like recalibrating for maybe their audience has gotten older or you know changed entirely. That uh, it's 1989 now. And uh, they want a, a grimmer, more, you know, commentary-fueled uh, Columbo plot. If this is supposed to be the gritty, realistic version of Columbo, this was not the episode that did that. <laughs> no, it, and the thing is, like, the other ones in the 90s don't do that much at all. So it, I, that's what threw me about this, because the other ones in the 90s actually tend to be a bit softer and murder-she-wrote-ish. Yeah. Murder so, the, yeah, it was weird that this was... But they did that. They went for the gore. Yeah, for the life of me, I don't know who this one is for. Like, there's stuff yeah. there's stuff in it that is stupid, and some of the characters point that out and others don't. And right. there's there's never like a clear line on like what is being satirized and by whom. You know, is it like Columbo thinks this is dumb? The audience thinks this is dumb? Right, but and the thing is, like, the way Columbo reacts to so much, he does seem to think it's dumb and kind of amusing, but they don't go far enough with it to actually have it make a point at all, which is frustrating a little bit. Right, or draw enough contrast between the thing Columbo does respect, which is the Civil War and this particular general... <laughs> Yeah. Whose accolades are never mentioned. <laughs> right. He was just in some wars and knew uh uh knew some famous generals and that's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. And and sure. loves his young wife so much. I only I hate to say this, I just realized that that the general is a cuck. <gasps> oh, oh stop, Joe. Oh, yeah. The, the phrase, uh, the phrase that pays. Okay, I strongly believe that the phrase "cuck" just applies to like men who like women, like who acknowledge that they're human beings. So he was in a <laughs> like. Yeah, he does really respect his like absurdly respects his wife. wife. Yes, he, he seems like he he understood what the situation was, right, yeah. and just uh, wanted her to make him some chocolate. <laughs> vague, vague chocolate. It's like not hot chocolate. She has to go and take the cocoa beans, smash them down, add sugar. That's, what, that's why you married. Melt her. it because she's got because she can make she can make just chocolate in general, not even hot chocolate, but chocolate. Put it in like an ice cube tray or something. So I'm gonna mold. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Goes back to like at every opportunity to inject steaks. The writers are just like, nah, 
Yeah. <laughs> that's, yes. They are that's marriage. actually totally yeah. like, Infidelity yeah. is not part of the blackmail. Nope. No. Nope. Right. That could have come out and nobody would have cared. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, the, oh, it's like boy. I'm an old man in a wheelchair. I understand how it is. I value your companion. Yeah. Thank, Thank you for the books. Yeah. yeah. It, he's he's the only poly general. Yeah. The um, I had to use two contemporary terms. Um, that that scene had me thinking about something that I don't know if it would have been appropriate for this, but it would have been an interesting Columbo plot because Columbo risks ruining a marriage there because if I remember the the order of events right, he addresses the wife and lets her know that he's aware of the affair and I think kind of implies that he's going to have to bring it up. And that leads to her telling her husband. Now, that works out really well there. Oh, but I was right. thinking, I think, yeah. how, how interesting would it be? Actually, there's two things. How interesting would it be if Columbo, in the course of his investigation, spurred a second murder? Oh, yeah. Right? If, if that had gone the other way and the general was like, how dare you? And boom, and then he has to hide a body. <laughs> so first off, it would have been a really interesting twist to have one murder with one killer and then another murder with a different killer. They did a yeah. much more interesting episode. It that would. Have, that would have been a lot better. And that's those are, I mean, that would be a huge outlier because like people don't even usually try to kill Columbo. Yeah. Why right. doesn't anybody ever try to kill Columbo? A couple, couple have. have. Couple have. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's now not as common as you would As it think. should be. Yeah. And <laughs> hanging around in a murderer's house for 17 hours a day. <laughs> and especially like the look of Columbo, you could, you if you were a killer who's t- who typically underestimates Columbo, you'd probably think, you could arrange like, oh, he 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 forgot to not step into the ocean. Right. You could arrange like a really blatant murder of the guy and just like he's really messy. That's what happened. Yeah, but his I mean, usually though, you're. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. oh, just his car leaks of exhaust. It's totally believable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, usually it comes down to the fact that he's a cop. He's a cop investing in you, and I think most of these people are just freaking out that they're going to go to prison or you know get the chair that they are. They probably aren't going to try to go that far. To actually Speaking try to of which, kill. though, yes. Columbo gets tough in this episode in a way I've never seen him get tough before. Which one do you mean, like, in stealing uh, classified documents from a private company? My Because that's God. one. Oh, that's one. Yeah. That's one. That's a little legally shaky, but what's your yeah, thing, let's, John? Let's veer, no, let's veer off to talk about that, because that is a huge yeah. part of this episode. Well, actually, let's start off, let's start off with one. They have a really terrible filing system at the first foundation ever thought <laughs> that no, no, the they, red, don't, the first they don't label they don't label things like they weren't able to come up with a good system to hide things they're supposed to be secret versus what the boss is supposed to see and also they can't come up with uh, better like secret report plan names than special projects fund military right. people love things like Operation Freedom's Eagle and things like that. Special <laughs> Projects Fund is the best thing they had. And then their only division was a, a, a red like folder yeah, or yeah, a what? green folder. And then <laughs> the secretary couldn't keep it straight, which is which. The different versions. Like, come on. That's well, your why first are any mistake. of them a secret? They're all for her boss. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> is there some kind of... There's internal... Does she know... That she's part of an embezzling scheme? Right, she does yeah. not, and I have a quote to prove it. 
that's Marsha, the right. private secretary, Braley's private secretary. And at one point, she's holding both of the folders. She talks to her boss and says, we seem to have two sets of books. Yes! Yes! That's usually, yeah. okay. People, yeah. if you have some some guy who's doing a part-time uh, bookkeeping for a, a Midwestern uh, hardware store who says, like, hey, there's two sets of books, he's going to know something's wrong, let alone somebody who works with covert military things <laughs> and, and, and multi-million dollar donations. You're probably, if you're saying that phrase, you're going to realize, hey, something's hinky here. This isn't right. <laughs> A woman who is effectively second in command at a military think tank. Yes! <laughs> Two sets of books for something called the Special Projects Fund. Eh, all right, that's uh, okay. Sure. So anyway, I'm going to show Project Oh. Uh, so, any, so uh, yeah, there's a ton of these scenes. Like, he rifles through the medicine cabinet in that apartment that he enters without permission. Yes. He steals, steals, steals stuff. that report, yeah. And oh, oh, oh! And so, for early in the episode, when he's looking for the flashlight, <clears throat> he makes a big deal about maintaining the chain of evidence by picking right. it up and having everybody which, there confirm it's a which flashlight. Also, and and the uh, tons of episodes of Columbo I've seen of this spanning its forty-year history, I've never seen him maintain the chain of evidence. Ever, right, except for this episode. Well, That's he's not going to do time it. I've ever seen him do a, like a Law and Order kind of thing. Because yeah, later, later in the episode, he literally breaks the chain of evidence, like by stealing stuff. And uh... yeah, doesn't he? He steals like the I can't remember what he it is. The, the lipstick out of the medicine cabinet. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then apparently he says, "I ran your prints. Everybody's prints are on file." It's a very convenient, yeah, yeah. kind of omniscient policeman thing to do. To just blackmail this woman into, uh, I, guess, I guess, provoking the her husband. I have no idea. Somebody is very yeah. unclear. It, it's yeah, that's a thing. I don't know. On the other hand, Can't... we had Columbo <sighs> in a funeral, so we haven't oh, had right. Columbo in a funeral. But, a long but time. then, but then it was made whimsical in a way. Yeah. By what the kind constant of service switching. Was that? <laughs> By the constant, the constant switching of pews with that. Uh, with that military guy who I I swear I saw in a lot of commercials in the eighties and nineties, but yeah, yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. He definitely was one of those guys, one of those <laughs> yeah. characters. Yeah, um, a wonderful, wonderful, uh, a bit of physical comedy at the funeral. Uh, yes, not as not my favorite piece of Columbo physical comedy at the funeral, which is uh, Alan Alda's nephew's eyes. Which I urge everybody to go pause your Netflix and take a screen capture of that guy's eyes. Good one. Uh, Oh my! But uh, but yeah, nonetheless, uh, a fun little sketch at the funeral with this kind of Deus Ex Machina character who just comes in and says like, "Hey, this whole place is corrupt. Yeah, you've never seen me before. You won't see me again. This this whole place meeting." This whole place implying the first foundation for American thought and the Pentagon. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Okay, yeah. Sure. Yeah. It seems like this whole, like the resolution of this case and the, 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 um, the things that Braley was involved in would have much, much larger, like congressional investigatory yeah. issue, like implications, wouldn't it? Which again, if you like, if you committed to this, if you wanted it to be like one of those like kind of weirder episodes where they sent Columbo off into a world 
that he has to, you know, ex- explore, um, which I guess is all of them. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like one of the one of the stranger settings. Uh, then sure. Yeah. You could have had him like like uh, he'd look so unkempt on the steps of the Capitol. <laughs> right. Having having to testify before the uh, House Appropriations Committee or something like that. And yes. Well, you know, I just had to report. I found it there at a table. The the, the 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 secretary just left it there, and I had to go and feed my dog ice cream. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, let's let's, let, let's get into that then. Yes, oh, we have to. That's a lovely scene. Who who wants it's to go cute. that one? Oh, it's wonderful. I mean, I Jennifer, you made some awesome. I mean, uh, yeah, no, I I love that scene. Yeah, when um. What does he say? That he's leaving the car and he wants him to guard the car. And if he does, there's a treat when he gets back. And if the car's gone when he gets back, then he gets a treat anyway. Yes. Because yeah, I love cook. you. Yes. Yeah. It's so uh, sweet. It's, it's so, so nice. It's what, that's a, well, that's a one weird thing. Like, as not great and as middling as this episode is, there's still some good Columbo stuff in it. Like, the dog mm-hmm. thing is great. Uh, the cars all over it. In fact, there's, it's even implied that the uh, general's wife once owned that model car. She recognized it, which is odd. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, but actually, one of those dogs is like 40 years old. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, so so good. No, it's the same. It's the same dog. That's the best part. It's yeah. the same yes. dog, and it's yeah. forever young. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, like, there's actually some uh, not bad Columbo just needling people and investigative stuff in this too, in spite of yeah. all of the mess of it. There's still some like good work that way. It's just in a thing that's like, you know, the the weird thing is that there was, it was a very soap opery episode. I want to come back to that in a minute. Oh, that's a good way to describe it. Yes. But but plot wise, if you really just wrote it out, that was a Raymond Chandler plot, or at least it felt very much like one. How so? What do you mean? Well, you had okay, you had this general who was you know in a capacitate is in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and he's got an underling who's siphoning off a fortune from his foundation oh. you've and got his okay. adulterous wife his yeah. adulterous yeah. wife who still loves him deeply which is boy that's straight out of the long goodbye yes. right yeah, 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 it, yeah. and Columbo strikes up a real friendship and a real respect for the oh, for the geez. husband yeah if it could have been a great, you know, and remember in the long goodbye where there's there's that scene where Chandler or Chandler Marlowe goes to the to the health spa to the the sanitarium, yeah, and he meets that weird character who is pretending to be like uh, um, a matador or something at the time. I think, so, yeah, yeah, and like, like that, that that would have been a perfect sync up with this weird militia that's in some kind. Of, oh, by the way, that's in a park. It's in a public park. There's a scene where they're all gathered and they're all standing at attention and there's a basketball hoop over them. And there's a there's a beautiful, beautiful (laughs) marble stairs. Anyway. I didn't notice that. (laughs) But it had a it had a Chandler-esque construction and it really could have been something interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think I I just keep coming back to the sort of like uh, half half half-assed quality of it. You Mm -hmm. know, like it never really like if they had just aped if they had aped a Chandler structure in an unforgivable way, it still would have made their final product. Yeah. yeah. And, and here's the thing. Uh, if you're going to go all in on Columbo and watch all of the 90s episodes, 90s, 2000s episodes, get used to that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But this is not the worst one you're going to see. <laughs> so, so keep it's those bad. in mind. Keep that in well, mind. Uh, Patrick McGowan, and he's in eighty uh, percent of them. Is that? Yeah, he's he's he, he actually yeah he's in a couple, and he directed uh, at least one of them. So yeah, then I then I'll have a it's a saving grace. Yeah, yeah, it's... those those are enjoyable if they're not good. Right, and the Shatner yeah. one, the Shatner one's fine too. Oh, the Shatner one's so good. It, it's 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 so strange. Yeah, yeah. But uh, get back in, getting back to the soap operas, we've talked on the show before. About how some characters feel like they've wandered in from their own television show. Okay. And this is yeah. the first time I felt like everything wandered in from a soap opera. Oh. That, yeah. that love nest looked so much like a soap opera set. Braley's uh, uh, character was a, like a... Uh, Foxworth was playing him like a real snarling, self-important soap opera villain. The scene between uh, uh, Jenny and General Paget where they're, you know, he's explaining to her he knew that she had physical needs and he wasn't concerned about it. That was a real soap opera scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just felt like it all, and I think that's maybe what was weird about the pacing of it, is that soap operas don't resolve. They go on and on and yeah. on. They have scenes that are like hallmarks, but... Okay. <laughs> God, is it possible that they were just moonlighting writers? That these, <laughs> these guys were on Bold and the Beautiful and they wanted to break out into prime time. And well, I do have this for you. The writer uh, is a big TV writer uh, from the 70s and 80s. Uh, <laughs> so he, he was a writer on Police Story and Ironside and uh, a couple other lesser known long running ones. And uh, also on The Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo. Oh, yes. Right. Great. Hmm. Right. I mean, Why not? That yeah. sounds like about the right resume. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Hammer. He was also a writer on Mike Hammer. So. And and also he wrote one episode of David Cassidy as Man Undercover. I need to see this. I have what no the... idea what it is. I think it's David Cassidy plays an a uh, police officer who operates undercover in the Los Angeles youth scene in 1979, oh. 1978. Need to see this. Oh yeah. my god. I would re redo it with Andy Richter, I think. <laughs> what? That's just doesn't it just feel like Andy Richter could really make that sing? Sure. <laughs> Andy, Andy Richter in I believe his early fifties. Yeah, yeah, I think sure. it would be amazing. Going down just to the stage. Hey kids. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm, I'm like, hep. Doing like graffiti of a skull. So like trying to think of what like a cool yeah. person would do. Um, oh, I had oh, two, I had okay. something about dog I wanted to get back to. Someone was dubbing him. Wait, what? Excuse me. Dog. Dog was, was it? Dubbed. Was it? Was it Frank Welker? I'm just I thought it was. it was for a brief moment. I thought it was Frank Welker, but you know, usually they'll they'll play a loop of dog sounds when a dog's on screen, so you get the whining and the panting and the barking, and the the dog's mouth will be closed, and all this will happen. But in this one, it was literally a guy at a mic going. <laughs> oh God. Oh, I didn't it was, notice. Uh, it was so fake. It was astonishing. Oh, that's gosh. That's so weird. Choice. <laughs> an episode full of odd choices. Yeah. And also, yeah. it's not like they wouldn't have the sound clips from the uh, dozens of previous appearances right? of that dog. Well, like, we he was were talking like, to oh, yeah. just, just, just pull the tape from uh, 1977. We're fine. We're good. We've got it. This is a decent year for ABC. I'm sure they had a sound library. Oh, maybe. I guess they were. Yeah, they were still a network then. 
So I guess they would have had <laughs> some things built up. So yeah. I don't think Disney yeah. had bought them yet, but they still had some history. So, oh boy. Oh, actually, I found uh, my, I found yeah. my, oh, sorry, I found my quote for like one of the creeps why he was at the, uh, uh, the sleepover camp. To get ready for the time, <laughs> to get ready for the time of anarchy <laughs> when the element tries to take over. Oh, boy. And I think I read an executive order today that. <laughs> Said the said element was taking the over. same thing, pretty much. <laughs> so. Exact same language. Yeah. yeah, there we go. It's strange. Yeah. So young Please. Steve Bannon. <laughs> I was just gonna say yes. There you go. Well, if if nothing else, I'm glad I watched this episode for just what is one of the most inexplicable moments in all of television for me. And we we talked about it briefly, but when. The red folder is getting confused with the green folder. Uh, First of all, you don't really know like what's in either folder or what the stakes are or why it's a problem. But it's an overhead shot of her hands shuffling them. <laughs> like, it's, like it's a magic trick, but you don't know what Keep the... Keep your eye on the phony book. Right. It's like but you a... don't know which one is, which is the dumb thing. It's so, it's like so close to, it's like who's on first, but with office supplies. Bless her heart for trying. Marsha was an oaf. (laughs) She was lumbering through this episode just saying, oh man, just real dumb. I feel so bad for it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know which file this is. We seem to have two pages of books. Oh, Jesus. But this is still, this is still, I want to point out, a million times better than Undercover. This is still a much better episode than Undercover. I get, so that is better. really faint praise, my God. Yo, come on. This is, better, this is better than getting your toe stuck in the faucet of the bathtub and the fire department has to rescue you. Well, here's, here's the big issue of this episode that I think we really need a consortium on. Columbo's glasses... Don't oh, seem that may be a little co- sad, but yeah. Yeah, they don't seem very Columbo-y to me. Oh, uh, yeah. Is that a, yeah, re- a real-life Peter Falk thing? Is I that think those a- are his... Yeah, probably. And he has them yeah, in some of the other ones from this late era also, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I remember an older pair. Mm-hmm. But it always makes me yeah, feel I weird just... when I see them. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. he needs glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 My, wa- my wife doesn't like to watch the old Columbos because she doesn't like to see old Columbo. Yeah, that's fair. Well, that, yeah. No, he looks it older. Makes... I mean, what was also amazing was how well his look aged, though. Like, yes. he could be driving around in his car and wearing his trench coat, and it still looked like it held up 20 years later. But then, yes. but then the thing is, it, it but it changes a little bit. The very, very last one they did, Columbo Likes the Nightlife, I feel okay that he's an old, old guy in that. Like, they make it work in that episode very well. Like, I don't know, it just it kind of doesn't feel like, a, like oh, he's trying to keep up. It's like, no, no, that's great. He's this old guy. He's still doing it. Yeah. Like, he completely switches with that one. And, right. Yeah. Like, if you lean into it, there's nothing about the character that shouldn't age well. As opposed to trying right. to act like, oh, hey, look, it's everybody's favorite Uncle Columbo still doing his little Columbo-y things. That, it feels like it's pandering and they're just trying too hard. But then that very last one they did... It doesn't feel like they're doing that at all. It's just like they're just doing a Columbo and that's it. He just happens to be old. 
You're fine. In this episode, I believe it was it was 23 minutes in when we first saw him. And Jennifer, uh, I wrote down what you said. You, you would you mind reading this? Columbo <laughs> <laughs> hanging out in the dirt. <laughs> Wait, what? There's Columbo hanging out in the dirt. Hanging out in the dirt. <laughs> That's where he is. That's where he is. He's comfortable there. <laughs> he likes to miss. Kinds of mud. Yep. Because he so, knows, he knows all the different types of mud. The several, several types of mud. That, that mud thing. So green so, mud and black mud and wet mud and dry mud, old mud and new mud. What is it's all green mud. mud? I don't know. Nobody Which, knows. Yeah. There's a version of that. That's there's a version of that speech that I think is really is really cool. Like the idea that he's telling, he's telling the killer. Uh, slash, you know, passive aggressively warning the killer like he does, like what it takes to be a detective. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, he's yeah. explaining, I'm an obsessive person. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, he usually does like overtly. He usually just says like, oh, you know, when I see something that doesn't fit, I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> and here he does it in a way that's like subtext. It's just that the dialogue is really silly. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> well, and before that too, when he first meets up with uh, Braley, and uh, Braley tries pulling the thing like, oh, I've got a rink, you've got a rink too, same way. And then Columbo actually says, uh, well, the man I lead, uh, the man I lead, that's, that'd just be me. Right. Yeah. So it's just yeah. completely, it's completely cutting him off at the whole trying to do the military rink thing. He's like, yeah, well, no, I just got my job to do. You, you, <laughs> you've got your whole little, like, uh, puffery, but I'm just doing this. Columbo is, re- Falk is good in this. Falk really... Yes. Does oh, his best, and it just doesn't have a lot this. of traction. He's yeah. better than this, is the thing. It's. I have an update yeah. on the glasses, by the way. Okay. Uh, I have found casual photos of Peter Falk uh, just generally hanging out, and it looks like those were indeed one of two pairs of glasses he owns. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, the other pair, the other pair, and bear with me for the whole sentence, looks a lot like the pair he wore in The Princess Bride. Oh. But... Oh. It has rainbow sequins on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me go grab that because that's gonna gonna have to be on the tumbler. I'm, so. I'm gonna guess uh, Shira Denise may have picked those out for him. Shira might have gotten those. For she him. might have. She might have picked those out. And told them that those looked like good. Yeah. yeah, maybe. <laughs> By the way, Jennifer, my birthday is in October. <laughs> <laughs> and you are you are a respectable <laughs> person, so there you go. You can always use another pair just in case they break. Who knows? <laughs> All right, well, okay. we're, uh, we're getting towards the end of things, so I think uh, let, let's... I don't think there's a much much more to say about uh, the... Should we make some attempt at explaining the mystery? There's bo- there's there's boxes at the beginning. The yeah, boxes I'm sure. swapped. His alibi is that he was setting up a very impressive <laughs> miniature setup of Gettysburg. Right, and also the books and everything, but then it turns out that the books couldn't actually fit in the box boxes. that he had, so... Yeah. What was and the, in the size box? of the, the size of the boxes relative to the books somehow gives away what was set up first, the books or the model, and right. there is a toy soldier behind one of the books, thereby implying the order in which they were set up. Yes, yeah. had to be set up first, and it was really the boxes that contained the books. Even though he, everybody knew that the general's wife also was helping set up the model, therefore. Right. Yeah, I guess just like it's common knowledge that it takes two people to set up a model of Gettysburg. (laughs) (laughs) It it is it is one of the most uh, confounding and kind of I think weak gotchas in the show. 
Like it's, it, so it's not. I mean, the the tone of your voice <coughs> would imply that. Really? It's <laughs> not, <laughs> and you have to wonder how that's gonna hold up in court later on without the guy oh, just flat out confessing. Walked. Oh yeah, <laughs> this was the. Oh yeah, no. there was no it's, evidence. Not he's a got, whit. He's got connections. Uh, out the ass. Senators. Right. This this did not this did not hold up, and the old general was not going to uh, really contest and point things out for many reasons. And yeah, this guy probably got away with it. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and if even if he didn't, he probably knows enough people to like uh, just. Uh, get away and go hide out someplace and just disappear and get out of the country. So, yeah, this I mean, was not one that went to with the winter conviction. I don't think. No, that's the dream <sighs> of seeing the spinoff episode about the white collar prison where they send all of the aristocratic murderers. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I actually, I've got. Oh, I the brain something I got written down. Like, uh, over the years, how many think tanks in the greater Los Angeles area have produced horrible murderers? <laughs> it seems like there have been a few throughout this the series. <laughs> There have been a lot of think tanks where people end up getting killed and Columbo has to go to those. The think tank murder calls come in. Uh, that's Columbo. We'll give him that. We'll give him the think tank murders. I'm not going yeah, to even lose two days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, so, there's one thing we have to address before we wrap what's, up. What's that? Uh, that Columbo is apparently in Gettysburg. Oh, right. At the very end. The credit. Yes. Yeah. The credits. Over the credits. Oh, yeah. oh, sure. There's That's a little right. miniature of him. Yeah. There's a little a tiny, miniature Columbo. And this is part Columbo. of. I have a theory now. It just came to me. Oh, dear. This is a Tommy Westfall thing. <laughs> oh, God. The general pageant is Tommy Westfall all grown up. And he actually solved all of this. And he was just obsessing on his tiny Columbo led miniature. Sure. He just created a detective out of his mind from this little Gettysburg guy that was in a trench coat. Of course. Of course. That's got to be it. Is anything? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's really, it's such a, it's such a, in a, in an episode that has no, you know, magical touches. It's just a little wink to the audience out of nowhere. Oh, It also says nothing. Oh, wait. Wait to tell you folks see the Fisher Stevens one. <laughs> oh boy, are you in for a treat? All right, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Fisher Stevens as uh, Steven Spielberg, and there's some weird magical stuff out of nowhere at the end. That just like what? Why? Where is that? Why are they? All right, sure. And then the episode's <laughs> over, and you're fine. And you go on about your lives, and go take a nap with some uh, warm milk. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Jennifer and Daniel, uh, what what did you uh, think of this one overall? You know, the bit with the dog was nice. <laughs> there you go. Uh, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. I think you called it the worst episode of Columbo you've ever seen. By far. And, and By far. Worst episodes of television. <laughs> oh my gosh! Really. <laughs> It was very bad. It was gracious. We, we all agree it's a very bad episode. Oh my! But yeah, it's not good. It's nice, but it's if you folks got to see some more of these later ones because sure. your 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 uh, soul uh, scale may adjust somewhat. But yeah, I have no idea how spoiled we were. <laughs> yes, you were. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'd go back so to a cult episode. So much just... It feels like it should get better. It feels watch... like TV writing should have gotten better in 20 years. Right, yeah. But, I, I mean, I think... That, yeah. That means with the flowers and his sunglasses. Is that... <laughs> Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. That's all I want from this show. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the magical realism that I want, is looking at the flower on the floor and seeing it in the reflection of your sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Indian in the cupboard, Columbo. Is so much. <laughs> oh my god, I love that a lot. <laughs> Frank Oz could direct a good Columbo movie, I think. Oh, probably. I'm just yeah. out of out of nowhere, but yeah, I think he could. Yeah, I would say so. Sure, why not? Anybody? Yeah, better than this. Um, well, I I, I apologize. This was your first uh, <laughs> first toe dipped into that uh, this era of the program. Rip off the bandaid. It's fine. You know what? That, that's a wonderful way to put it. Yes, you can only go up from here, except for Sex and the Married Detective. Yes, you can only go up from Still here. Still, it doesn't. Yes. <laughs> uh I can't argue against anything that anybody else has said uh, over this last hour or so. I got nothing else to add to that, John. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, what do you think? And how would you rate this one? Uh, my one wish is that I had listened to our our podcast uh, that was dedicated to Undercover. Yeah. So that I could see how few stars or whatever I had given that episode. So I could give this one <laughs> no more than one more than that. Well, the thing is, we haven't even gotten to the one with uh, Rip Torn and the Monkey yet. So I, don't I can't know. wait for that one. I don't know how that's going to be. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Hold on. Seems to have piqued someone's interest. I'm just download the cozy app. So, so not only is it Rip Torn and a monkey, but also uh, the victim is Gary Kroger. Oh God. Oh boy. <laughs> so there you we go. I mean, oh, we're Soul. desperate to get Kroger on to review that episode. That couldn't happen in a million years, but it'd be wonderful. But yeah, I, uh, I think we've both written him, and he hasn't even replied. So, which I wouldn't either. Yeah. Good point. The guy's got if you have, aspirations. If you're Gary Kroger... He's or a nice fella who's got political aspirations. That's just yeah. behind him, so I wouldn't bother with it either. He might be busy right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm going through my notes, hoping I can find something that, uh, that will, like, redeem this episode or... Give it any positive uh, feedback. I can't find it, so I'm going to I, I think, the... I think I think Jennifer oh. had the right idea in that it was a really nice scene with Dog. I'm gonna use my I'm gonna use my I Ching real quick. <laughs> you. I don't know if you can even hear that. No, I can hear it. It's, okay. it's definitely either I Ching. I can do a louder or... one. <laughs> and the I Ching says uh, it's uh, two I Ching sticks out of ten. All right. Yeah, that's yeah. Sounds, yeah, that sounds right. Nice yep. and simple. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Thanks for going on this journey, everyone. Um, <laughs> we got to do the bad ones, you know. Of course, no. I mean, we got. We're, Doing all of them. We're even gonna do a couple <laughs> more uh, Mrs. Columbos for crying out loud. Yeah, because oh, uh, God hates Columbo. us. Oh wait, what? <laughs> Writing it down. Yeah. Writing yeah. it down. Writing it down. Yeah, do you guys want to come do a, a Mrs. You've, I'm trying to get RJ just, to do more. You've just damned yourself, but yes. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I'm trying to get RJ to commit to doing all the Mrs. Columbos, no, and not, I can't. Even... Not all. I can't even get him two, to do one more. Two so. more. Two more. I'll do two more. <laughs> two more. That's it. Okay. Yes. All right. So you got to pick wisely. I thought there were like five. They did a full uh, season, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, whole, an, extended, an extended length pilot in a full season. They just changed <laughs> the name of it when they realized uh, no one was interested in her being his wife. 
Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That just changed the entire story of the series. So it had nothing to do with Columbo. Partway through. I, uh, they pulled I the Tadingers to... on it. Yeah. I do have to point out, actually, it had, technically speaking, it had two seasons. What? Oh, my God. Uh, but five episodes, I think, each season are a very small number. Oh, uh, okay. And, uh, yeah, then they would cha- they were changing the name left and right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Mrs. Columbo, Kate Columbo, then Kate Loves a Mystery. Kate Loves a Mystery. Which, why wouldn't you tune into that? On NBC, <laughs> on NBC in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, when they were at the top of the charts. Mm-hmm. All right, well, you folks, uh, let's do the plug-in time. Uh, what have you got coming up, and where can people uh, find more information about these things? Whoever wants to go first, up to you two. Oh, uh, my next book called Get Well Soon, History's Worst Plagues, is coming out <laughs> February 7th. Oh, coming out when? February 7th. Oh, so, so you know, it'll uh, actually, it'll, it'll, it'll so, yeah. so it'll be, it'll be out after this uh, thing goes up, so it'll be available in stores, uh, online this, services, everywhere. whatnot? Yes, yeah, oh, I think great. if you buy through the Macmillan website, I get like two more cents in terms of residuals, but Wonderful. buy it through Amazon, just, just do what you normally do. All right, but yeah, it, by the time this is on, it'll definitely be out there. Great, wonderful. And if they, uh, people, folks want to keep up with you and what else you're working on and whatnot, where should they, uh, where should they look for that? Uh, my Twitter is Jen Ashley Wright. All right, there we go. And, yeah. and, uh, and Daniel's got stuff. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Daniel, you work for uh, uh, the the Ellen Thick late night program, right? That's right. Yeah, I write for Thick of the Night, which has great. Been- Hasn't been the same since he passed away. Well, I know. Okay. There's been some adjustment. Sure. Of course. Any show. Any show goes through growing pains. I did right. not even mean that. Oh. I didn't. Oh. I said it, but I didn't oh. even mean it oh, until boy. it came out. I did not oh. even. It just that, happened. That's, that's the I Ching. Good Lord. <laughs> I apologize I... to everybody for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> So no, please, please go ahead with the real stuff, because I'm ashamed. I am a writer for The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, uh, mm-hmm. which you can watch on CBS at 11.35 Eastern Time after your local news. Uh, a lot of it is about the presidents. What? Uh, <laughs> buckle I can't up. believe it. Yeah, he makes he makes a lot of news. And uh, I also <laughs> have uh, I have a comic book coming out in uh, on February twenty second. Uh, you can uh, from a Comicsology exclusive. You can download Valiant High, the high school alternative universe uh, story about the Valiant comics uh, superheroes. Oh, what? Really? Yeah, well, that's I haven't heard this. That's really that's great. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's a neat uh, idea. If you're a fan of uh, you know high school alternate universe, uh, Smallville, X Men Evolution. Uh, you know, the Greg Berlanti uh, superhero shows, like something with like kind of a accessible take on the characters. Uh, I would love it for you to check it out. And Fun. it's um, Comixology exclusive, so it's sort of like uh, House of Cards is to Netflix. You know, this is something that you'll only be able to get from them. Awesome. Great. And if people want to follow along with you on the internet and see what's coming up with you new, where should they go for that? Oh, yeah, I'm at Kibblesmith on everything. <laughs> okay, <laughs> great. Even Even Pinterest. Yes, great. LinkedIn. <laughs> so, John, uh, John, what have you got? Uh, your book? When's that? When's that happening? The follow-up. Uh, well, we mentioned it. We mentioned I think on the last two podcasts. Well, I know, but, so but it, by the time this one is on, 
it'll be like a month after most of those. So please, let's probably so. Yeah. Uh, yeah so my uh, my the sequel to the League of Regrettable Superheroes, the Legion of Regrettable Supervillains from Quirk Books, will be available uh, in finer bookstores and uh, online services, and in the famous Book Zeppelin, and being carted around by Johnny Bookseed, the man who walks <laughs> coast to coast, putting books into holes so that book trees grow. Putting books into holes. <laughs> well, how do you make them grow? I, I know, but he's got to be careful. Anyway. Also, regular trees. Yes. All right. Oh, okay. Sure, sure. Yes. Of course. All right. Well, that's the program for yeah. this time around. Uh, if you want to uh, listen to other episodes of Just One More Thing, go to jomtpodcast.com or look uh, for the show on your favorite podcast listening service, whether it be iTunes, uh, Stitcher, uh, Google's little uh, doohickey whatnot. Uh, if you want to look for us, uh, we're on the Twitter, where John posts um, uh, screen caps every episode and further expanded thoughts, plus uh, other things we find. People posting things on uh, Twitter about that. Um, Twitter? Tumblr. That's what I meant. Anyway. Close enough. Yeah, we're on Twitter, too, also, JMT Podcast, uh, where we like uh, responding to folks and uh, seeing your tweets about things. And if you don't want to be so public about it, it'll be a little private understandable. Sometimes people have special private stories they want to send us about Columbo. Uh, you can write to us at Columbo at thecitydesk.net. But not too private because uh, uh, we're not uh, comfortable with intimate things sometimes. We're not we're not huggy guys. Shake yeah, speak handshakes. For, speak handshakes. for yourself. I do, I do love a hug and I'm a fat guy and you can't get better than a fat guy hug. I haven't seen you in person in like 15 years so I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, that's the program for this time around. I'm Marjorie White. I'm John Morris. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. <laughs> oh, listen, just one more thing. Here I be. Uh, you want to know about the training battalion? I want to know about you, sir, and why you came here. Uh, get ready for the time of anarchy. Time of anarchy? When the element tries to take over. The element, sir? Now, maybe you don't care, but they ain't getting me and they ain't getting mine. Right.